Welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Freaky Fauna Fridays. I'm the great and powerful Mr. E. And I'm Jay. And... It's funny that we've never discussed, like, before an episode, how we always start this so gently. Yeah. But it's just kind of like one of those unspoken things. Just, we just do it. So, <laughs> Cryptos of the Corn Studio is about to enter on the main show, the season finale stage and season opener stage. So, th- that show takes up a lot of time getting to this stage. So, this will be the last episode until the first week of August of Freaky Fauna. Just letting you guys know, because it's like uh, the whole studio is going to take the like the same break. Right. Um, and you'll still, like on the main show, you'll still be getting a few little treats here and there. But everything will be back the first week of August. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? Just uh, hold on to your horses and uh, <laughs> enjoy your weekend. And I wasn't ready for the pun. <laughs> what? Hold on to your horses? <laughs> Wait, what pun? What pun did I sneak in there? Uh, with the today's topic. Oh yes, Hold you made on. it on purpose. It wasn't even on purpose, but it made me laugh. It's like divine intervention. Do you know? So I know this is really not the right show, but do you know what are the key ingredients in the COVID nineteen vaccine? Um, is it uh, baby liver? It's horseshoe crab blood. What? Yeah. No, I'm not joking. What? Uh, we're going to talk about one of the most valuable substances on the planet. Horseshoe crab blood. Yeah, because they're like 400 and something million years old. Uh, their blood's bright, like neon blue and super copper rich. But let's talk about horseshoe crabs are unique sea creatures that have roamed for hundreds of millions of years. They're called this because they have a horseshoe crab or they have a horseshoe like appearance in their unique blood. Uh, they are not crabs. Yeah, I was gonna. They're I, way older was, than anything else that even kind of looks like a crab. They they get called crabs because they're an arthropod. They have a big shell and they have, their front arms are kind of like pinchers of a crab. Yeah. So like for most people, they're just like that's the closest thing. They look like, but horseshoe crabs blood is collected by medical field experts uh, for certain things. The blood of these sea animals may not be something that is typically on your mind. But these small arthropods have a unique ability flowing through their veins. Mm. Horseshoe crab's blood has an immune impact on the medical field and the lives around the world. Believe it or not, their blood is even a part of the COVID-19 vaccine efforts. Uh, and yeah, it's just that's we don't go any more of that. i just saying that they have put the blood in COVID-19. Wow. Uh, so what makes horseshoe crab blood stand out? For as the blood is, of these animals is actually a light blue or even neon blue in color. Horseshoe crab blood, uh, specific copper colors, so that's what's giving it the blue color. Okay. But why do horseshoe crabs have blue blood? The reason is interesting is the level of copper in the animal's blood. Copper is carrying uh, their hemothin or their hemotin, a protein which is used for transporting oxygen. The copper in their blood is exposed to oxygen as a result of its unusual color. So, like our blood turns red when exposed to oxygen, their blood turns bright blue. Oh wow. Wait, what's if our just turns red? What is it before it's exposed to oxygen? Iron. Our blood is extremely iron rich, which means it's still red, right? Kinda. It's like our blood can be like, I don't, 
it's not blue. It's not red. It's kind of like a like a deeper color okay. until it hits air. Okay. Not an expert on the human body. I just know I treat mine like like poo. <laughs> uh, where was I? Now, in addition to the color of the horseshoe crab's blood, it is, a, uh, it is also special due to its animal's prehistoric traits. Horseshoe crabs can be caught and collected for their bloods. And to me, abates. The sea creature has been around for so many millions of years. It still contains some types of prehistoric blood cells. Amea biotates, something like that. Wow. Not, I'm not very good at pronouncing these things. Amoebiotates and the horseshoe crabs make them excellent or exact known as limbless, 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 amoebates, lysolates. Okay, yeah. LALs. I, I don't think I understood a word. I, neither did I. You just spoke in the So past. LALs. Basically, LALs are what we're going to talk about. That's the acronym for them. It's something that's only found in horseshoe crabs because they are so freaking ancient Old, and unchanged. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're the same species of horseshoe crab has been fossilized for hundreds of millions of years. That's probably why they call them crabs because they're like, well, everything turns to crabs eventually. This Technically, thing is like- everything turns into horseshoe crabs. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Crabs are just... Just have a better PR person. LALs have a very powerful ability to clot. Uh, however, the clotting only occurs when it comes in contact with uh, bacterial toxins. Mm. Uh, uh, sure. In other words, the horseshoe crab's blood can detect uh, the presence of toxins, and as a result, the blood is used to ensure medical equipment and other tools are, in fact, sterile. So they're using this in the medical facilities. They're draining their, these creatures' blood to use to make sure that these highly like sterile instruments are actually sterile. Okay. Because their blood is better than any machine at telling whether something's sterile or not. Because the it, second that any kind of bacterial or any other kind of toxins or pathogens touch it, it clots. Interesting. That's what, what okay. I have a different show. Different show. So, for example, horseshoe crab's blood can be used to check for the safety of pharmaceuticals, vaccines, prosthetics, and other tools used in the medical field. Hmm. I just, I'm still perplexed why, how this would help in a vaccine. I just perplexed. I don't know. I didn't dive into that like yeah. too fully. Okay. But yeah, we won't. We won't. This is uh, just freaky fauna. Yeah. Wow. They, wow. The very versatile creature with but a yeah, lot of uses. Oh, there's even more. Okay. Uh, due to the fact that these, these sea creatures' blood has been are used for around half a century, it has been part of the development of many vaccines like the measles vaccine. Horseshoe crab's blood can even help with common medical devices like IVs and implant safety. Hmm. Uh, their blood is in the step. Uh, However, horseshoe crab blood has stepped up to the plate yet again uh, with the COVID-19 vaccine. It doesn't really... Horseshoe crab's blood is used in every year to meet their requirements, although within the, immu- or the immediate use of such large sums of vaccines to combat new COVID or coronaviruses, it's much higher demand for this liquid. This has become the. You want to guess how much this is? A gallon. A gallon? Oh my gosh! Well, okay. Let me. It's just... the most valuable organic liquid on the planet. And I was going to say, and if the medical field's using it, it's gonna. The, that means the price is going to go skyrocket, super way high because, uh, especially in America. So let's see here. Uh, per gallon, let's say it's about like three hundred fifty dollars per gallon. Uh, sixty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per gallon. <laughs> I'm literally speechless. What? So, everybody, if you haven't seen a video, I'm stopped. I'm done reading. Uh, everybody, if you haven't seen their video of these, they're also used for like drug tests. Their blood is. Uh, their blood is used for all kinds of amazing things. But if you haven't seen the farms, 
So they're wild horseshoe crabs. They're not farmed technically. Okay. But they have these beaches where the people go out and collect them. They all have like little numbers on their shells so they don't get over harvested. Okay. Uh, so they don't kill these animals because they don't reproduce very fast. Like, so, so they just drain their blood and put them back out? Like like donating blood. Okay. okay. Like they take a very limited amount of blood from each animal. Each animal has a number. Each animal gets fed. And then so they go out, and, but they pick up the animals. And they're like, okay, uh, I have 318 here. Right. And when it was 318 last harvested from, if it's more than like, X weeks ago, it's fine to reharvest. If it's not, put, put back. her back. Give them a treat and go back. Yeah. So when they take them into the lab, the lab's on the beach where they harvest it. It's okay. literally like they're out of the water for a very short period of time. They can handle being out of the water. They actually breed outside of the water. Yeah. Like during they go onto the beach and like spawn in the sand. Okay. And, like, and so they go, that's why they're on the beach and they go back in the water. Okay. Uh, anyway, so they're fine being out of the water for a little period of time. Like most, Chris, like most arthropods, they can internally hold and stuff like that. They put them in these little vices, and they look like they're broken. Like, they almost fold them over. Because it's the same joint that they have in their shell, though. That's how they flip back over. Okay. Like, if they turn upside down, they have this special joint that allows them to, like, kind of turn their body and hop back the right side up. Okay. So, they use that joint, though. And there's their spine. Well, not their spine. Their central, like, their central vein, basically. They tap into that, drain the amount of blood they're getting off of it. It literally looks like glow stick goo. Because <sighs> uh, it's, like, neon blue. Yeah. And then once it's done, they make sure it stops. And they put them in a water slide that goes up to 900 meters out of the facility back to the open ocean. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fun. So they get immediately, like, nobody's carrying it back out there. They get jettisoned right back to the they ocean. They go right back to the ocean. Yeah. That's neat. And and they're they're very conscious. Like, uh, horseshoe crabs are, like, protected everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's very many countries that are found in that they're being eaten still. Uh, but I know in the U.S. they're pretty much protected everywhere. Well, now I know why, uh, you know, like hospital bills and stuff are so expensive. When, uh, you get, when you have a bill like that on your back end, you got to cover. There is a little, like, so they do drain about nearly a third of their blood each time. Dang. And there is a death rate for this, you know, for this procedure. Practice. Uh, some years it's as low as like 3%, as, but it's been as high as 30%. Oh, that's a lot. And they think it's, you know, due to bacterial infections in the ocean and such. Like, animals just die, like, after. Or them snatching them out of the ocean and putting them in a vice and shoving a thing and pulling I out mean, a third yeah. of their blood. Uh, but and they do have really good conservation efforts because uh, they're being used to make money. Right, absolutely. But they yeah. need to be healthy and alive right. for them to make money, to pr- make the things to make money. Right. They got to be, uh, that's a very good thing for an animal. If you're like, yeah, I only make this stuff while I'm alive and happy. Yeah. Guess what? You better make me alive and happy. Or yeah. keep me alive and keep me happy. Any questions so far? Uh, no, not not yet. So the harvested blood is transported to blood collection facilities. Specifically, these animals are typically transported on boat to very warm temperatures. Uh, additionally, they can be kept out of the, out in the open for long periods of time and they're not able to breathe as a result of lack of the water. Uh, so, yeah, there is a little bit of risk with this stuff. The bleeding process is shown to the female horseshoe crabs may have weakened ability or lost ability to reproduce. There's more research being going into this. It's a fine line they're trying to walk. Uh, specifically, though, there's about 550,000 horseshoe crabs are caught and bled every year. 550,000? Yeah. That's a lot. But so keep in mind, if they're having a loss of 10 to 30 percent, that that's year, a, that's a lot. That's fifty-five to one hundred and sixty-five thousand animals dying in this event. So this is something that needs to be watched. 
Uh, without these sea creatures, life or any other animals in their ecosystems would be affected. Not to mention, without horseshoe crabs, the medical industry could face some very difficult challenges that they became very reliant on for these things. Hmm. As a mo- or as mentioned above, many dangers of the bleeding process actually occur during transport. So you know, it's they're still sea animals. You know, right? Moving them on, picking them up, taking them out, and all that stuff. Uh, it would be beneficial if the animals were already, uh, or it would be very unbeneficial if the animals were already unhealthy and increase the risk of dying from the blood loss. So they try to keep track of those guys. Uh, but yeah, that's really interesting, though. But uh, yeah, I guess there are some alternative uses. Then the horseshoe crab LAL, uh, th- there's other compounds that can be used. Okay. They just, first off, they're not as good and they're a lot harder to make. What's, what do you mean? So the, they're synthetics. Okay. They're not as good. Oh, to, instead of the blood. Instead of the blood. They're gotcha. not as good. Mm-hmm. They're never a lot is. harder to make. Never is, exactly. Yeah. You never want to put, you know, human made synthetic reproduction products, especially if it's in a medical field and you're, in my personal opinion. So there's a lot of fighting over this, like, for the safety of the horseshoe crabs. Right, yeah. Um, Especially if you're killing 150,000 of them. A year. A year. Like, yeah, kind of a problem but there, fellas. It's, I, I don't know these numbers. Here's my thing. Would, a, would more than 150,000 die a year if they weren't having such strong protection from nets and targeting and eating and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, what is, are they having a safer population density? Because they're being used for this thing, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's a. Uh, I'm sure it's got its benefits in some aspects, but I'm sure at the they same are very thing, well monitored. Right. Yeah. We know. I mean, we know. I know how many are dying to the you know to the individual pretty much. Right. Because they're all numbered. Right. It'd be like imagine we were doing this with polar bears or something like that. You know where they they're numbered. They you know they're tagged. They're you know they're being watched almost daily. Shoved into a vice and extract <laughs> a polar bear. Imagine that. It'd probably be easier. It'd be a big, big, big vice. What Very is, big. It'd be like a cow shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. it's not like that. We have that thing. We have the thing made for it. <laughs> it's true. Just yeah, put it in the cows. cow shoot. Yeah, for cows. Now, How I, big do you think a polar bear is? I guess I don't know. I just imagine they're big. They're like 2,000 pounds. That's a, so a, a cow? A death and or an animal focused on mauling you that's as heavy as a car. A cow? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but a cow don't have big claws and got horns and a thirst for your flesh. No, they both do. Well, cows both do. Cows do, but in a different way. I know a farmer that got trampled by a cow. He loved. Right. See, that was indifferent. That's more this. No, it ran over to trample him. Well, yeah, but it was more reactionary rather than no, I. No, it's like he eat finally you. fell. I'm going to kill him. I'm ready for him? Yeah. He probably. I don't know. See, cows. at least a polar bear just wants to eat you. Yeah, it just wants your flesh and its. Cow stomach. just wants you to be dead. Well, yeah, you know, you. That's be a different. It's evil. Threat. It's evil. Evil cows are evil. Polar bears are not. I've never, I've never trusted cows. Oh, it says a lot about you. Yeah, that I'm smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have no idea what it means. Cows kill more people than vending machines and sharks combined every year. But do they kill more than coconuts? Falling oh, yeah. Oh, okay. By a lot. It's like thirty or it's like three or 4,000 people a year die from cows trampling to death. People need to just watch out for them bovine uh, creatures. I don't know. No, so there's a, there's a lot. Like I said, they're used for some drug tests. They're used for like all kinds of stuff. That's so weird, though. Who who was the first person that f- figured this out? That's what no I No idea. Know. I should have looked it up. I, I, don't, I was really I don't busy we'll on other scripts. I'm pretty sure it's probably, I don't know. I mean, how does someone, ooh, look at this weird prehistoric bug-looking thing on the ocean. 
You know what? It would be we should extract its blood, its blood and it, inject it into our bodies. When I eat it, this thing tastes like pennies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their eyes are fused on top of their their shells, though. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's a freaky fact. Yeah, they're really weird. Their stingers aren't like they call them stingers. Their tails aren't really like super sharp. They're more used to flipping back over in the tides. Okay. Uh, they can like put them up like a defense thing. You really got to work to get stabbed by one though. One of these, yeah, that would be the that would just I wouldn't want that on my obituary. I don't think they could kill you. Stab. I think I a... think your ribs would break their spines before they get to like one of your internal organs. Oh really? I mean, there's always there's still vulnerable parts in the human body though. I mean, you'd have to literally be picking this thing up and stabbing yourself with it. It stabs you in the eye and like right to your brain. I don't know. Is that possible? I think that's yeah, possible. Yeah, that's possible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there's falling a way. on a mouse a certain way, huh? So it's falling on a mouse a certain way. Exactly. You know, there's always that possibility. <laughs> exactly. You could you could fall and just crack your head on its shell. I don't know. Now that that's probably the way you die. <laughs> that that would be embarrassing. Uh, so horseshoe crabs. Do you want me to tell you my my family's fun story with it before we go? Oh yeah. Uh, dad was in Florida. We were out Indian Head Beach, I believe Indian Sands Beach, something like that. That's a super, like, we got, like, a really good deal on this hotel because it's, like, a stupid expensive area. And my parents, we, so, dad listens to this show. We didn't have a lot of money, but we always had a lot of fun. Yeah. So, dad had, mom had worked this out to where we got to stay at this place. It was awesome. Uh, Grandma got, that's where grandma got stuck on her wheelchair, like, in her electric scooter in the ocean. Because (laughs) dad's, like, don't go too close. And she just wanted to feel the ocean one more time. Yeah. So, she just went in. (laughs) Uh, twice. Twice. Anyways, anyway. So, mom was, like, there was, like, these kids carrying conch shells out. Okay. Uh, so big snail shells. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were carrying these conches out. Were the conches still in them? No, most of them they were empty. I think the beach that we, there were signs for it that saying, like, they had to be empty to be harvested. Okay. Uh, they're protected. Right, yeah, I thought so. There's two types of conches. One's really protected. One you can still harvest with a fishing license. Oh, okay. But it's like you got to be able to tell them apart. Yeah. Anyways, what was I saying? Uh, oh, so they were bringing these conch shells out, and these kids were selling them on the beach, and they were like asking like a hundred bucks for them and stuff like that. But people were buying them. We're in a pretty rich area. Mom really wanted one, really, really bad. But you know, we weren't going to buy it. So dad, scared of the ocean. Dad is not a very good swimmer. He goes out to where these kids are going get these and they're going really far out yeah they're like not touching like 15 16 17 feet of water diving so dad goes a little shallower than that and he thinks he has the, the scuba mask on and he thinks he sees one and he swims down to grab it and it's kind of buried in the sand and he grabs it and it starts fighting and it starts kicking and like you can hear his screams above the water <laughs> people like the like the lifeguards are calling people out for shark attack people thought he was getting ripped apart by a shark is he screaming was screaming and like tossing bubbles and all this stuff and it was just and then he comes up and everybody's out of the water panicking he's like what happened yeah he's like it was just it was a horseshoe crab like i just didn't know it was a horseshoe crab but it freaked me out when i picked it up and it started fighting back <laughs> yeah, that's so he didn't get it no back, he didn't get uh, it uh, okay dang it he left it at the bottom of the ocean i was hoping he'd come back up no everybody on the beach was just like freaked out because yeah. everybody thought somebody's getting murdered by a shark and then uh, that's why i was hoping he'd come up with like a horseshoe grab over his head and everyone's like uh that's what you what's attacking you <laughs> that'd be uh. funny but yeah, so that's my horseshoe crab story. Horseshoe crab is very we interesting. We may have to revisit this when I have more time Prius- to look into more of the 
the facts behind it. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot going on here. I, there's a lot I just learned now that I had no idea was even going on. I don't know. This may be a Daniel Wilbur episode it, for very well the could conspiracy, be. the medical industry bleeding nature dry. Very well could be because it was raising a lot of questions for me. All right. Once again, guys, not back till the first week of April, that first Friday, August. Uh, August. Yeah, the, the first a, week of April. The other A month. The uh, first week of August. I believe it's like the 6th. The first Friday is like the 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so be patient. We'll be back with some more exciting stuff. Uh, we just got to get through the season finale and the season opener for Cryptos of the Gorn. It's a very busy summer. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the documentary is filmed. Yeah. For the most part, we've got two more scenes to go as of recording this. Right. They should be done by the time you guys hear this. Ish, maybe. Ish, yes. All right. I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay. Enjoy the summer. Go kayaking. Go tubing. Yeah. Tubing's my favorite thing. Get Just get in a river. Because I'm an alcoholic. And tubing is the easiest thing you can do and get really inebriated. It requires no paddling. Uh, as long as you go to a nice river, go right. tubing. Don't do not do it in the hawking like me and Nick did the one time we got stuck. On that lake or whatever? Yeah, no, because it was flooded. Right, and We got yeah. stuck in a floodplain. Yeah. And we didn't move. We went like a mile in like five hours. And you didn't know? We ran out of we ran out of alcohol so fast. Yeah, that would be bad. And it's just like we had five hours of dry tubing. Yeah, that's not fun either. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your summer. Have fun with your family. Get out there. Smell a flower. Mm, pet a quail. Uh, uh, um, brush, uh, let the, let the wind blow through your hair. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Five on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.